You're listening to a bonus episode preview available to all Driftoff Premium members. You can listen to the whole story and other episodes while enjoying ad-free listening by becoming a premium member at driftoff.supercast.com or you can find the link in the show notes. That's driftoff.supercast.com. Tonight I will be reading a Norwegian fairy tale called The Widow's Son by Asbjørnsen and Mo, and I really hope I pronounced the names correctly. To be honest, I have never read this story before, and so we'll discover together what this story is all about, and I hope you enjoy it. And so, as always, my friend, settle in comfortably under the covers. Take a full, comfortable breath. And as you exhale, relax and let go. Allow any tension to just melt away. Sinking deeper and deeper down into the surface that you're resting on. There is nothing else to do and nowhere else to be. So just lay back, relax, and enjoy the story. Once upon a time, there was a poor, poor widow who had an only son. She dragged on with the boy till he had been confirmed, and then she said she couldn't feed him any longer. He must go out and earn his own bread. So the lad wandered out into the world, and when he had walked a day or so, a strange man met him. Whither away? asked the man. Oh, I'm going out into the world to try and get a place, said the lad. Will you come and serve me, said the man. Oh, yes, just as soon as anyone else, said the lad. Well, you'll have a good place with me, said the man, for you'll only have to keep me company and do nothing at all else beside. So the lad stopped with him and lived on the fat of the land, both in meat and drink, and had little or nothing to do, but he never saw a living soul in that man's house. So one day the man said, Now, I'm going off for eight days, and that time you'll have to spend here all alone, but you must not go into any one of these four rooms here. If you do, I'll take your life when I come back. No, said the lad. He'd be sure not to do that. But when the man had been gone three or four days, 
The lad couldn't bear it any longer, but went into the first room. And when he got inside, he looked round, but he saw nothing but a shelf over the door where a bramble bush rod lay. Well, indeed, thought the lad, a pretty thing to forbid my seeing this. So when the eight days were out, the man came home, and the first thing he said was, You haven't been into any of these rooms, of course? No, no, that I haven't, said the lad. I'll soon see that, said the man, and went at once into the room where the lad had been. Nay, but you have been in here, said he, and now you shall lose your life. Then the lad begged and prayed so hard that he got off with his life, but the man gave him a good thrashing, and when it was over, they were as good friends as ever. Some time after, the man set off again and said he should be away fourteen days, but before he went, he forbade the lad to go into any of the rooms he had not been in before. As for that he had been in, he might go into that and welcome. Well, it was the same story over again, except that the lad stood out eight days before he went in. In this room, too, he saw nothing but a shelf over the door and a big stone and a pitcher of water on it. Well, after all, there's not much to be afraid of me seeing here, thought the lad. But when the man came back, he asked if he had been into any of the rooms. No, the lad hadn't done anything of the kind. Well, well, I'll soon see that, said the man. And when he saw the lad had been in them after all, he said, Ah, now I'll spare you no longer. Now you must lose your life. But the lad begged and prayed for himself again, and so this time too he got off with stripes, though he got as many as his skin would carry. But when he got sound and well again, he led just as easy a life as ever, and he and the man were just as good friends. So a while after, the man was to take another journey, and now he said he should be away three weeks, and he forbade the lad anew to go into the third room, for if he went in there he might just make up his mind at once to lose his life. Then after fourteen days, the lad couldn't bear it, but crept into the room, but he saw nothing at all in there but a trap door on the floor, and when he lifted it up and looked down, there stood a great copper cauldron which bubbled up and boiled away down there, but he saw no fire under it. Well, I should just like to know if it's hot, thought the lad, and struck his finger down into the broth, and when he pulled it out again, lo, it was gilded all over. So the lad scraped and scrubbed it, but the gilding wouldn't go off, so he bound a piece of rag round it, and when the man came back and asked what was the matter with his finger, the lad said he'd given it such a bad cut. But the man tore off the rag, and then he soon saw what was the matter with the finger. 
First he wanted to kill the lad outright, but when he wept and begged, he only gave him such a thrashing that he had to keep his bed three days. After that, the man took down a pot from the wall and rubbed him over with some stuff out of it, and so the lad was as sound and fresh as ever. So after a while, the man started off again, and this time he was to be away a month. But before he went, he said to the lad, if he went into the fourth room, he might give up all hope of saving his life. Well, the lad stood out for two or three weeks, but then he couldn't hold out any longer. He must and would go into that room, and so in he stole. There stood a great black horse, tied up in a stall by himself, with a manger of red-hot coals at his head and a truss of hay at his tail. Then the lad thought this all wrong, so he changed them about and put the hay at his head. Then said the horse, Since you are so good at heart as to let me have some food, I'll set you free, that I will. For if the troll comes back and finds you here, he'll kill you outright. But now you must go up to the room which lies just over this, and take a coat of mail out of those that hang there. And mind, whatever you do, don't take any of the bright ones, but the most rusty of all you see. That's the one to take, and sword and saddle you must choose for yourself just in the same way. So the lad did all that, but it was a heavy load for him to carry them all down at once.